Hello, today I'm really excited about this conversation. I'm here with Nadine Artemis. Hello, Nadine. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. I'm happy to be here with you. <laughs> and you're in Canada. Yeah. Great, great. <laughs> so we were just talking, I was saying I don't know that much about your work, but everything I do know is just of uh, just extreme levels of wonderfully amazing. <laughs> um, so I'm just very curious to know your story. How did you get to producing all these amazing things and how did you get into raw foods and how long have you been doing it? And... Yeah, well, well, I like to start. Well, a lot of us started when I was a child just playing in the woods and making things out of mud and berries <laughs> backing up on my body. And then it evolved to grade nine. I actually did a science fair project um, where I recreated L'Air de Tom, which was a perfume, a commercial perfume by Nina Ricci. Um, and that was really fun. And how that came about, too, was I, at the library, there was a book that fell out of the shelf, and it was How to Make Your Own Cosmetics. And it was actually geared towards younger children. Wow. Well, I was young. <laughs> that was very and, serendipitous, um, wasn't it? it? <laughs> yeah. It talked about the origin of perfume coming from um, essential oils. And I was like, oh. That, like, I didn't even know, like, a perfume came from a plant. You know what I mean? Like, because they uh -huh. were just in the bottles. It was the 80s. Uh -huh. So everything was very synthetic. Um, and that was really fun. And then I had just a glorious bathroom as a teenager filled with stuff. And I'd mix eyeshadow and lip balm and... Um, and perfume itself, pouring them together stuff. So then that evolved when I was 18 and I was at university and... Um, yeah, I went diet for New America, actually, which isn't related to, to skincare at all. But it was at that moment that I realized that um, the whole, everything at the supermarket wasn't real and everything in the beauty care industry wasn't real. And even, you know, a, a, a body care shop that was so popular at the time that I loved because it felt like it was natural and I was really liking things that were more natural wasn't actually authentic at all. So that the pineapple face wash, the cucumber toner... The dewberry perfume just was not real at all. And I'd never seen a pineapple, a dewberry, or a cucumber. So, so it was from that moment forward I really deeply went into preparing my own foods and preparing my own body care products. And the first thing I made was lip balm and then and then and then it was like, oh the ingredients and then that constant refinement for the best ingredients. And so I um, I just, just started writing over the internet one day. I don't know how I actually did all this because the internet didn't exist. How do we do anything? How do we even communicate with people? Um, so I just wrote to all these agricultural um, consulates and different agricultural things in different countries and was able to find distillers. Wow. And then I was getting in, in essential oils that I was reading about but weren't available on at the health food store like Immortel or Angelica or, um, you know, even sandalwood, because sandalwood wasn't even actually sandalwood. Yeah. Like, it's often not sandalwood. It's yeah. this other tree that's from South America. But anyway, so then I was like, even tea tree and bergamot were beautiful. Like, they were just different, way, way different. And so then, of course, you go into, like, distillation, plant matter, organic, wild-crafted essential oils. And to me, those are like the key because they're like the very palette that I work from. And 
you know, we don't just use them in a way that's like, oh, and then at the end we'll throw in bergamot so that it smells really pleasant. It's like they, they're active ingredients, and they work when you're working with high-quality things that don't go rancid. The essential oils also act like a preservative system. Uh-huh. And they, they're all anti They're so medicinal. They're so, so, so beautiful, but they're so practical and medicinal. So they're antifungal, they're antiviral. Like Rose Auto, one of the most beautiful distillations coming from roses is like one of the most medicinal. And that will just send whatever you make soaring. So So did you start retailing them at this point? No, I was going through university, so I would just make things for myself and for for my peeps. And then uh and then the same year I graduated, I graduated in April, at like I was 22, and then I, uh, and that same year, like a few months later, I opened up on Queen Street, Queen Street in Toronto, pretty hip area, like this, this totally new kind of store, and it was just real authentic essential oils, and we had a big blending bar at the back, and we would make custom things and do perfumes for people, and then every product was completely real, completely completely real. So this was in the 90s? Yeah, that was 1994. So that would have been really way ahead of its time. Yeah, it was way ahead of its time and we'd even take trips to California and I and expecting to find something cool and it was still way ahead of its yeah. time. And actually, it's, if it still existed, it would still be kind of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But did it, um, did it do well? And was then it? In 99, my partner at the business part of the time, who was, I met her at a Royal Therapy Conference, was moving on and doing um, different things, and we wanted to just separate. So, sort of the last two years of business, we were trying to figure out like how that would all evolve. And um, you know, long long story short, <laughs> we closed it. And then, and then I just went back. I kind of just retired for a moment, just you know, retired basically on a dime, and just went into like you know, do I you know how are the plants still calling me? I didn't just want to repeat what I'd been doing. And I had millions of formulas in my head. And um, I just worked on a very small scale. And I did a really fun project where I would buy vintage compacts, like, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and I re- would refurbish them, and I would make individual solid perfumes wow. in each one. Wow. They, that was really fun. It was like an art project. Yeah. And, and then I met Ron. And he sort of brought me out of retirement. And then we had a whole other alchemy. And we made the chocolate. And all these things, we didn't even know how to do. Like, <laughs> we had actually eaten chocolate for so long, because since I was 18, I was totally vegan. So between, and, between your shop in the 90s and this living libations, you didn't have yeah. a business between that? Oh, yeah. Well, like, it was a maybe a two-year retirement period from, yeah, on, on my 29th birthday when I was 29 in 1999. That's when I started my retirement, which is funny because whenever I was a, when I was a kid, I would say because there was those ads for Freedom Fifty Five, and I was like, when I'm twenty nine, I'm gonna retire, <laughs> and it wasn't quite. So, you know, what year were you born? Uh, Seventy one. Ah, uh, I'm nineteen seventy. Ah, oh, <laughs> <laughs> and Ron was like, oh, let's work together, let's do everything. I was a little bit shy, you know, just to go into the whole business thing again, but he was so fun to work with. And that was great. And so, it's so much alchemy. Was that living libations from the beginning? And that, yeah, from the beginning. And that was so, founded in? So. 2001. Like 
2001. Wow, so it's so. 10 years old, nearly 11 years old. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it really, it's kind of like, I feel like from the beginning, because, you know, it's just been my whole movement. It feels a bit, like, uninterrupted. It sort of has different mm-hmm. flowerings, mm-hmm. but it's really, like, uh, this is what my focus is now. And so Living Libations, has it evolved a lot in the past 10 years? Yeah, well, um, well, sometimes I feel a little bit shy about uh, offering everything that we make. Because, I mean, I had, you know, I just might have a lot of formulas in my brain. And I'd be like, well, are, they, you know, are, people, are people ready for just a sample with deodorant? Are people ready for deodorant that's like $35? Because it's actually not even really deodorant. So, because it's not about just creating an alternative to toothpaste or alternative to deodorant, it's like, it's turning it upside down all around and actually going, this is what we need. Like, we're not imitating uh-huh. something and then making it uh-huh. better or, like, more pure. It's just, like, re- often just recalibrating the whole thing. Uh-huh. So, yeah. And then, as I put the, and then it just became, then I realized, like, I just, I like committing to what we're doing because everybody that loves looking at patients is so committing, committed to that being pretty much the only thing that goes on their body. So I've got to pull out all the formulas because, you know, heaven forbid they have to wash their hair or something else. <laughs> so, so I just felt like as, as I grew to go, okay, I'll share it with you, then the response was also like, yes. That's you know, that's so. kind of what I was saying at the beginning is your, everything that I've experienced of yours is just on a whole other level. It's just it's the vibration of it and the energy of it and the exquisiteness of it is unparalleled i think Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> i do it myself so <laughs> it's be. so the main things you do are skin care tooth care and the chocolate is that right yeah it will and then like kind of that medicinal aspect of the essential oils which we still keep pretty light because they're actually so powerful you you know you couldn't make all the claims but they're out there you know, studies have been done on sandalwood correcting melanoma. You know, like, it's all out there. Yeah. But you can't always really say it, which is fine, because it's still out there. You just have to, like, dig a little bit. And so we create those formulas, too, um, just keeping it light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's those more medicinal aspects as well. So yeah, that's what we do. Let's talk about the tooth care first because that's really interesting. And again, that's an area that there's not a lot of research on and people don't know a lot about. And I know people are very, very interested in, in what you do. I've been using the, uh, not the yogi serum, what's the other one? The healthy gumdrops? Yes. And yeah. yes, I'm totally converted. <laughs> I already <laughs> had the Soliday toothbrush. Um, yeah. Do you want to explain to people how the Solid Day toothbrush works? Because I've been loving oh, that yeah. for a few years now. And actually, I just want to say, when I first started using it, I said to Ruben about my toothbrush, Ruben's my 14-year-old son, he said, I thought you had Hollywood teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the best oh, That's, that's the best sales for the Solid Day. But do you want to explain to us what it is and how it works? Yeah, so that toothbrush I love, I've actually been using, I have the same one I've been using for 10 years. Wow. I had a dental appointment where I hadn't been to the dentist in a long time. And then I was going on a solo camping trip right afterwards. And I'm like, okay, I've got to get a grip. I'm like, 
on this whole thing, you know. So I got my solid, I went to the health food store, I was like, what, you know, what is going on, what's good? And I was like, oh, this is so cool, it's ionized, I was like, I'll be out in the sunshine, I can activate it with the sunlight. And the, the change was immediate, like, it's like, it definitely, just holding it to light, getting it activate, takes away like 40% of the plaque. Wow. And it's so simple. And I was definitely not into electric toothbrushes. I was feeling a little bit too zen yeah, for yeah. that, which I now since find they do have a place place for when you want to polish mm-hmm. and get your teeth white. So I, I do like them. But this that toothbrush I love, and I just like for a decade I've been using that. So we definitely so like So it's those. got a rod, a rod which is made of? Yeah. What's uh, titanium. Titanium, yes, I thought so. And, and that yeah. acts as a conductor, is it? Yes, you're right. I didn't really explain it, did I? <laughs> yeah, so the light makes ions, negative ions, uh-huh. which mean the good positive ions. Uh-huh. And so the negative ions change the saliva, and it kind of like magnetically, using the word loosely, pulls the plaque off the teeth right. and changes the saliva. And the saliva is so key to oral care. And you don't need toothpaste with them. No, you don't. You could use it plain. You could use it with salt water. And, of course, to, just to get that removes the plaque, but to further get all the antibacterial, antifungal, anti-inflammatory goodness, uh, then we like to use the botanicals. And so the healthy gum drops is great. You could put one tiny drop on. Mm-hmm. And our stuff is so potent. I mean, like, one tiny drop. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Usually I put one on and two come out. Yeah. <laughs> but my mouth feels so clean. It's amazing. And then to floss with that. So you kind of have a floss, you put the healthy gum drops along, and then you're getting it in between. Because what else gets in between? You can't get in between. So And that's where a lot of cavities start. Right. And so every, everything kind of comes out of my own exploration for my own health. Because it was really at that moment, like at 18, it really was over the course of a week, so much happened. And I was like, well, I'm going to hang out with my body for a long, long time. i got to prepare it to birth a beautiful child. And so I just made so many decisions on well, at that point. And, and so really everything that I make comes out of, you know, my own deep experimentation with, like, having the best health and ever. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the Healthy Gun Drops is just essential oils? Yes. With sea buckthorn berry, which is, is kind of like an essential oil, but it's like a super critical extract. And one drop of just the sea buckthorn alone has over 190 bioactive ingredients. Wow. So I think the total of ingredients in that product is maybe seven. And the plant intelligence, because when you combine each one is like a magnificent creation with over like maybe four, five, six hundred biochemical compounds in one distillation. You combine all those, and you've got, like, just a symphony, uh, uh, like, just, it's good. <laughs> mm. So it's clove? Yeah, clove, sea buckthorn berry, rose auto, mm. thyme linalool, which is a very special thyme. Did I say tea tree? I did. Did I say oregano? Tea tree, oregano, cinnamon, and peppermint. So and it's this, kind of like classic. This has come from just years and years of you trying different things and learning about different things. and Yeah, and it's almost like sometimes it's hard. It's, well, it's not hard, but it's like the way 
the way that things come through is just, I feel like, like my friend Lenny, who's a musician, she just said, well, I don't need formulas because they actually, they just come out of my hands, you know, like they just, it just like, the oils are on my table and then they come together. And I imagine, I mean, I could never imagine like composing a song with like, see all those notes, but I know musicians, it takes them two seconds and it's got like, you know, so I think it's that thought process that really is not a thought process. And the information comes on all parts of our senses, like for my, all my senses are getting information. So, and when Ron and I made our first chocolate recipe, we didn't even know what we were setting out to do, but we got, sat on the bed, downloaded it in like a minute, and then we went to the kitchen to make it, and we made chocolate like, like we, like, a, it doesn't contain the cacao butter, the powder, and so we, again, we're trying to imitate normal chocolate and then make a raw chocolate. It just came together. And then we ate it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on to chocolate. We'll go on to chocolate. Let's finish yeah. doing teeth. Is there anything else you want to tell us about teeth and your what you produce? And Well, I'm happy to share, and I'm so happy that I got the book out. There's a hard copy, an email copy, um, because it's, it's, it's kind of complex, and it's not that complex, but it's kind of like we have to undo some things, the way that we think about our mouths. And, you know, of course, the answer isn't always like, put this on or do that. So I'm happy that I have a forum to really look at the whole thing. And a lot of the dental care books out there that are really cool, I'm so happy they're out there, but they're more about the big, big issues, like, you know, mercury in your head or root canals. And those are really important. But just the daily care of the teeth, how do we take care of them so that we don't have to make decisions about root canals? God, let's talk about root canals. <laughs> Can I tell you why? Because I have um, something here from when I, because I've got three children and I was very vitamin D deficient, I think, and I had a lot of problems with my teeth. And um, the dentist had been telling me for about, probably about six years I need to have a root canal and I've been putting it off because I don't have any pain because I heard yeah. root canals block the meridians. Yes, yeah. And, and that when people have root canals, there's much more chance of getting infections and um, yeah. just general well-being really goes down. Do you want to talk a bit about root canals? <laughs> yeah, so root canals. Well, yeah, they're a whole mess. But they, um, like people like Dr. Weston Price and um, George Mining, they did some great works on root canals that really go into it. But the thing is, when they pulled out root canal teeth, it's like, and then that, that there's so much bacteria in there that's been entombed in the body that it is always there and it can't be flushed out. So inside each tooth is, is so many meters of tubes, microscopic tubes in one tooth, like laid out flat. It would be like so longer than my arm, way longer. So that, there's no way of cleaning that out. So bacteria is trapped in there, literally. And then that can lead to also a jaw cavitation, which is pretty new in the past decade. They've realized it. So you've got cavities in your teeth, and then unknowingly, you could have like a chasm in your jaw, like bacteria eating a hole in your jaw, right. which also comes from tooth extractions that pretty much everybody's had from their teeth not fitting in their mouths, you know, or wisdom teeth, like how many people have wisdom teeth out. So by the time we're all like 50, 60, we can have jaw cavitations there too, mm. which is fun. Yeah, because what happened is when they were pulling out the tooth, they left behind this ligament. 
which is kind of like leaving the placenta in after you get birth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's in your mouth, <laughs> rotting, <laughs> rotting away, and sometimes bringing the whole thing down, the whole, like, you know. So if you really, if you have really good health, you know, you can kind of ride those things, and you can, it won't pull you down. But if, you know, you've got some unexplained things going on, that could be one of the causes of it. That's what they're really understanding. So if you need a root canal, it's always good to get a second opinion. Because what I, I, didn't, I was not aware of is there's actually, like, with some countries and some dental associations, there's actually, like, a protocol or, like, a, a number. Like, let's get this many this year. Right. Like, so there's, like, a, you know, so some are yeah, given yeah, yeah. and they don't need to be given. And so, so, so even for fillings, like sometimes you could have a filling, but the dentist decides to do a crown, which is really removing most of the tooth. So sometimes things are going too far. And if you do have a root canal, it can still kind of decay. It can be an obvious pain and decay. And then you can look at protocols for removing it with proper extraction. And I always advise people to call or check out the Hal Huggins Institute for really going in deeply with all of that. Um, and then sometimes it can be an abscess, which, you know, can be healed. It takes a lot of effort, and you really have to treat it like your whole immune system. You have to really go into that. But it's good if your thing isn't irritating, you know. That's a good sign. Um, the tooth could be dead. But I know it's such a thing. Like, do you want it removed? Do you want to have a not real tooth there? We, we I could talk tell you about my dental issues with spare people that... Uh, what was it you said? The Hal Huggins Institute. Oh, Hal, yeah, Hal, H-A-L Huggins, and he's an amazing. We're so glad that we have him because since nineteen seventy three, he's been educating us wow. on mercury, and he has an institute. He's been studying blood serum for forty years, blood chemistry, and how it relates to dentistry. Wow. And he's been examining those thousands of microbes and bacteria underneath root canals and jaw cavitations. So they really know what to do, and they've also created a proper protocol for removing mercury, proper protocols for having teeth properly extracted, so you don't have a jaw cavitation later. All those really fun things. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Because <laughs> most people these days, their teeth is in pretty bad state, isn't it? Yeah, because now I think we're really getting to like second, third generation of of deficient minerals yeah. and vitamins. Yeah you know, post-industrial, post-war diets and not enough fat-soluble vitamins and, um, well, this is, this is interesting. This is the whole thing with root, with uh, wisdom teeth. We're just like, I mean, I grew up in an area, era where it's like, well, you get your wisdom teeth removed, right? Like, you can't become, it's like a coming-of-age thing. Well, we're actually, they're supposed to fit in our mouths. <laughs> not extra. <laughs> just like the tonsils aren't really yeah. extra glands, you know? So, we're supposed to have enough room in our jaws and in our dental arch, the top arch, the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And Hal Huggins, and as well as Western Price, they studied like deficiencies really coming at the third, they call it, I think, the third sector of the face where they can see where things aren't developing properly. And actually, I was just reading about a case of um, a 16 year old uh, boy with Down syndrome. And Dr. Price worked with him, and he, rather than, um, so he's 16 years old, and he's like a four-year-old in his development. So he put in a space bar 
I don't know all the details, but he put in something that would move his arch wider mm -hmm. at the top of his mouth. Mm -hmm. And within a year, the, the 16 year old, he started going through puberty. Oh, it activated his puberty wow. because he said his pineal gland got wow. released. And he was able to go to the store by himself, cross the road, wow. pay, get changed, deal with traffic lights. So it's like, it's a whole world, yeah. It must be, isn't it, connected with breastfeeding as well? Because as well as all the vitamins you get from breastfeeding, that's a lot to do with jaw development, isn't it? And most Absolutely. people nowadays don't yeah. long-term breastfeed, do they? Yeah, so long-term breastfeeding and then hopefully, you know, good natal, prenatal nutrition and pregnant nutrition and good good nutrition while you're breastfeeding, which can sometimes be challenging because you're a new mom. Yeah. How long yeah. did you breastfeed for, can I ask? Oh, I still am. Oh, yay, well done. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I still am. Um, and I think Shazzy's book is great, yeah. The Edie's Kitchen. Is so good because for vegan vegetarian, yeah, um, definitely read those that first section of the yeah. book on everything that because she studied the Western Price stuff and then was able to make it animal friendly, so right. to speak. Right, because yeah. it's true everything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> so where should we go next? We talk about chocolate. <laughs> so let me tell people I got your chocolate bars and the first thing I thought was the packaging is just so beautiful and what do you call it a cross between Willy Wonka and Mary Poppins is it and it is like totally out of a childhood film it's just the it's just beautiful colors isn't it I mean you must have had to source that paper that paper must have taken some finding because it's such stunning colors and all shiny and we like color. <laughs> <laughs> did you search high and low to find the right papers? Yeah, we did. We did. And then each, you know, each color works with the flavors of the bar and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I opened the bar and I had some and I was like, oh, you know, my first reaction was, oh, because as you said, it didn't taste like chocolate. And I was expecting it tastes like chocolate, but it didn't taste like a chocolate bar. And that's what I was expecting. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and then I managed to eat a whole one in a day. <laughs> I don't know if that's right, but I did. And and that's when I started to get it because I started to get the taste. But more than that, it was how it made me feel. And, you know, I think you've, you know, as I've been working with chocolate since 2004 now. And the more I work with chocolate, the more I realized that it's when people have problems with the chocolate, I think the main issues are the cacao butter and the cacao powder because I always say we need to be working with whole foods as much as possible and unprocessed foods as much as possible. If people are having chocolate bars made out of butter and agave and powder, that's that's not whole foods. And so when I make chocolate for myself at home, I usually use uh, coconut butter and cacao nibs. And, and that's what I've felt that you'd come to the same realizations is it's you want to put the whole foods in so when I eat your chocolate bars it's it's like a meal it's so satisfying and so like I feel full I don't feel like I've had a snack to tide me over to the next meal I feel like I've eaten something proper and I'm not hungry for ages and it's but it's really really grounded but it's also so high vibrational like the energy of the bar and the way it lifts me and just puts me into that magical zone of just like being in my creative space was just so it was just total 
I've polished them all off now. We had one of each and I've finished them all. But, you know, I'd eat a whole one throughout the course of a day. And it was just wonderful for keeping me really grounded and full and present, but also really conscious and awake and in my creative zone, you know. And I've always busy and rushing around doing lots of stuff. So it was just wonderful because it was like a whole whole spectrum kind of meal, probably more than anything else I've ever eaten. Cool. Well, we appreciate that, and that's how we feel, and that's how we make things. And we put so many herbs in there. Like, we, you know, it's not just like, because we love, also we really feel, and, you know, David Wolf, well, you know, this is where we understood this from, too, is that the cacao is a vehicle yes. for the herbs, and the herbs balance it. So that's like maca, right. powder, so... Maca's in everyone, and that really balances. Also, because we're super sensitive, we it took like we had to find the right bean, and that we get from Valley from Big Tree Farms, uh -huh. and I think it's the best bean. It's the 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 gentlest bean, right. I think too. It's the most. I think you know if it can be said. I feel like cacao's kind of a masculine plant. That's, you know, that's more of that energy. Uh -huh. And the Balinese cacao, to me, is the most uh, balanced of that energy. Uh -huh. So it seems like the gentlest chocolate. And interestingly, Ben from Big Tree Farms, he really investigated and looked into a lot of the cacao out there. And he found that they weren't necessarily raw, too. So we were happy, so happy when he came out with that, that we were, we were using it as chocolate. But because we really, we like what he's doing and we like um, the way he processes it. So it's cacao, maca, there's hemp in most of them, isn't there? Yeah, that's kind of like our dairy in a way. Like we we grind that up all, like to a cream and that becomes like the, the milk, so and to speak. Yeah. Do you use Canadian hemp? I was just speaking with... We sure do. <laughs> do you use Manitoba hemp? Actually, we, we used to and that's a great company but we found one right in Ontario. Oh. It's just like an hour away. I was just speaking so. with one of the founders, Alex, just a couple oh, of weeks he's ago. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their hemp is brilliant. Yes, it is. So hemp, cacao. So how do you hold hold it together? If there's no butter, what's well, it? You, basically through Ron's muscles. <laughs> and that sounds funny. But once you ground the bean with the stone grinders, it, it like, it releases all those things. Ah, so you didn't mention that, stone grinders. Yeah, and it, I think, and, and, and we didn't know this at the time, but I think that's how they would make it in Mesoamerica, because, of course, they weren't making powder and butter. They had a big matate, and they would grind it on there, on their knees, they're grinding it, and then throw in the herbs and the spices. And, and that's how they, that's how they do the sacred hearts as well, isn't it, stone grinders? Yes, it is, yeah. And doesn't, um, do you know Alex Malinsky who does the raw teller? I think he uses a stone grinder as well. I haven't heard of that one, but that sounds good. He does a chocolate spread, which is hazelnuts and... Oh, the Nutella, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think, nice. I think he uses stone grinder as well. And there's a difference, it's the vibrational difference, but there's also a... You know, I said about it's more lasting, the energy of the bar is more lasting because when you do something in a machine, it's more rushed, isn't it, somehow? Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I feel like when we 
when we when we were making first chocolate, I mean the the be, the beans didn't even come peeled. Do you remember that? Yes. Do you remember when, <laughs> yeah. You'd have to sit around and have like people peel, <laughs> and then you make a smoothie. You're like yay! And then now, and then the powder came out, and we were like, oh, that'll be fun. But it was like for one second we were like excited because then we opened it up, and it was like just it, it, even the best didn't have life force. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So t tell us how the stone grinder works, because I'm sure a lot of people don't even really know what a stone grinder is. Yeah, well, we, we it's like basically there's some atates, you have stone on stone grinding each other. And since then, a few years ago, we have been able to move to one that is an electric stone grinder. So that helps a lot. Otherwise, uh, we'd still be making So you stuff. started off by moving the stones oh, yeah. together by hand like just literally like two pieces of stone wow. and that it was actually it's actually still our most like labor-intensive product so to speak i mean it's a weird word labor-intensive but you know what i'm saying it takes a long time so now you have the stones are like on a handle that's run by electricity yes yeah. And it's all and in that, a big... so there's no melting. There's no melting or pouring. Like they're not even melting at, at at raw temperatures. It's just there's no there's no heat at all. And it's all in a big bowl, and you put everything in together. Yeah, and then it's mixed together, and then basically mixed together by hand, all the other ingredients, and then made into bars, and then cut each but bar is cut by hand. <laughs> and you do that yourselves. <laughs> Uh, thank, well, thank God we have helpers now. But <laughs> you have implementers. <laughs> for years, we made them by ourselves. And then each one's hand wrapped. <laughs> and that's why we have the size that we do, because we go cuckoo if it was one ounce. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Then like, that's yeah. so. And because it's a meal, and for us, it's not a candy, and all of those things. It's just the bigger size, you're. Because once you're into it, you only want the bigger size. Which yeah. I know at first it's like, oh, if I could just get a bite. <laughs> but that's why we do the bigger size, so that we can do it. So you think eating the whole one in a day is all right? Yeah, that's totally fine. <laughs> I probably have, probably have half for breakfast. It's my favorite first food of the day. Because we can eat it in bed. You know, nobody has to think too much. Yeah. And we all get like just still yeah. be in that transitional state. And they have brilliant names. Do you want to tell us the names? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, the whole, yeah, I think for years before we had Leaf, basically the whole business is built on Ron and I sitting in bed, facing each other, imagining, you know, each step of growth and all the names. And the whole thing was built on chocolate and bed. So there. <laughs> but the names are um, Bliss Like This, which is after kind of a Rumi, a Rumi poem, poem like this. So that's that one. And then we have Open Laughing and uh, Vanilla Vibuti. And Vibuti is like the, is the nectar. Um, is it like a saint? Like an Indian saint is said to like open their palms and it's like nectar comes out. And that can either be sandalwood. It's just this healing powder. And so for us, the vanilla bean is like, it's like got this Vibuti coming out of it. So that's Vanilla Vibuti. And then we have Purple Chocolate Jesus, which is inspired by Tom Waits' song, Purple Jesus. Or, no, I mean Chocolate Jesus. <laughs> and then we have All Together Now. And that's like the mint one. And More Than a Feeling. I think those are the ones. More Than a Feeling has berries and different things in it. 
Isn't there an ecstatic one? Oh yeah, that's the bliss like this. Okay. I think the ecstatic chocolate bar. Yeah. The pink lotus in it. Yeah. Yeah, and really interesting. Like one's got grapefruit in. Yep. Like really <laughs> interesting combinations that no one's ever come close to even thinking about. <laughs> yeah, and again, the switch just comes in. We make it. It's good. And or, when you one's got orange, is it? Orange yeah, pear? That, I mean, my favorite chocolate when I was little was the orange ball, which I think is an English chocolate, isn't it? The Terry's orange oh, chocolate. Oh yeah, yeah. That was my favorite. So we had to make an orange. Actually, actually, that was our first flavor. Is that one? And um, so it's got blood orange and the and the blossoms of the orange tree and the lily blossoms right. and and purple corn blood orange Deep. that was it so yeah. you put the actual orange flesh in we actually we um dehydrate oranges wow. peels and then grind them into a fine powder wow. and then we use a touch of the essence which many essential oils are used for the food and flavor industry for liqueurs and stuff they're just not the real ones I think, was it grapefruit and blue-green algae? Which yeah. One? Yeah, I think that but was my favourite. That was my favourite, yeah. I think. Yeah, oh yeah, that's a favourite <laughs> of many. Yes. Which is your favourite? Well, they're all pretty, they're all, I, it depends what mood I'm in. I love, I have phases. I love the mint for a long time. Yeah. I was like, all together now. And then recently we had the vanilla of the booty. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I've never been a favorite. Um, and then sometimes Ron will just make batches like we'll experiment with. Like right now, we're eating one with like a ton of shaga and rishi in it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel the same about my bars. I've been doing bars since 2005, and I still eat them. Like I don't eat them every day, but I'll take them out if I'm traveling or something, and I'll eat one, and I'll eat one that I haven't eaten for a while, and I'll go, Oh, this is yeah. really... And you'd think, like, out of five or six years of eating them, I'd be bored of them by now. But that's how I know they must be right, because I'm not... <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm not fed yeah. up with them. I'm still like, oh, this is actually really nice. <laughs> totally. Actually, if we were fed up with it, we, we wouldn't make it, probably. You know what I mean? We'd just be like, okay. Yeah, but don't you find some things you just grow up... You know, like with my recipe books, some of the recipes in the first book I don't make still... I've grown oh, yeah. out of those, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it actually all started, Ron and I, when we first got together, because Ron was teaching yoga then, and he would come out of class, and he's like, we've got to make something to feed people, because they're, like, coming out, they're all open, and yeah. they're being, like, a snack bar. Yeah. So I was like, well, I make these maca balls, like, <laughs> basically a maca carob thing. And so we started making those, and then it just grew like crazy, and we had like seven flavors, and we were like making them with like goji berries and things like really, it was really early on, it's like maybe 202, yeah. you know, and we were putting them together with like amazing things like pink lotus with cherry, mm. and we named them after each chakra, but then we didn't eat carob anymore, and we literally, we couldn't make them, they were so popular, and we had to stop. So, but it was funny, but we said, something else is going to come in, and then David Wolf came into our house, and he said, you know what this is, and he dipped it in honey, and it was like the first chocolate I'd eaten since I was a child. And that was what, and in that, 2004? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Uh, so. So you were blessed to meet him right early on like that. Yeah, we were so lucky. Somebody was like, yeah, you got to come meet Nadine and Ron when he was in Toronto, and uh, 
and we did. And yeah, we've, we've been friends ever since. Yeah. yeah. So I really, I say this to everyone, but I really do feel that like I could talk to you forever. We've barely started and we're already 40 minutes in and I feel like we've just touched the tip of the iceberg. I just, I we could talk about skin care forever, but I just want to mention that all your videos I've watched, I haven't watched a lot, but I've watched a few and you're so beautiful. <laughs> you're, where you live is just so stunning and then you, everyone should watch your videos. You're like out on this. Do you want to tell us about... You live on a lake, is it? Yeah, we're so, so lucky. Um, we've lived here for five years. And uh, again, I think this comes out of the chocolate. And like for literally three hours a day, we have our chocolate in the morning and we just sit in bed. And we just, because we don't have that luxury now with a child, but we sit in bed with me, but it's not as constructive, you know? And uh, we just would, you know, talk about what we wanted and we'd map it out and we would dream and meditate and all that stuff and we totally envisioned exactly the place we wanted to live and I mean we hardly even had time to look at land we're just we were so busy and we didn't even have a car like we lived in the city so we didn't need one so we had to like you know to look for the land was a lot but thank god the internet narrowed it down and we wanted a private, like a lake that was motorboat free because after when we realized we're like, well, we got to live in those backwoods. And, and I had a, I grew up with a cottage and I was like, well, we kind of want the cottage life, but without neighbors. Like we don't want to farm. We don't want to live where there's like other farmers with pesticides. You know, we want raw, wild land. We want rocks. We want springs. We want wild berries. And so we thought, well, a motorboat free lake because we need a lake for sure. And, um, <laughs> You know, we need one. <laughs> so um, we saw a place that we weren't going to buy, like just on the internet, a little listing, and they had their own lake. And just that opened up our minds to be like, well, I guess somebody, you can have your own lake. I mean, Ontario, there, there are thousands of lakes, but they're normally pretty big and there's yeah. tons of people. Yeah. So we said, well, we'll only look at private, like, private lakes. And we looked here and we looked actually another one that was way out of our league and luckily it wasn't even the place for us it was just because we thought well we'll manifest we'll just look at whatever and it will happen but it was right off a highway the lake and that's not cool so luckily the one that was out of our league we didn't even care for and she goes well I'll show you that other one and we're like okay and we came up and we were like oh my god <laughs> this is it you know an eagle flew over and we were like okay this is it, and it is so it. And I guess what we didn't realize too, I mean, we wanted a place for a while, but what we realized is that it, we will be here for the rest of our lives. This place has got so much depth. I mean, we, I feel like we were, you know, we just know a little bit of it, and we're so excited to, to get to know every, you know, every rock on our land, and we're so lucky. And then it just happens that there's springs in the lake, and then there's springs on the land, and... So you, you put know, that down it. to all your is your your manifesting that you really really thought really hard about what you wanted and put all yeah. that intention in. We really and when we went, when we after we moved in a few months after I found a list it, our list written on a notepad and it had you know it was everything like it it said um, endless berries a motorboat free <laughs> lake texture rocks and we had everything but the solar power. You know, it was it wasn't off the grid, but that's like well, that's the easiest thing to change, right? Because you can't, you know, you can't add a lake after. <laughs> <laughs> and so how how long of dreaming did it take you before you realized the dream? How many years of? Yeah. 
I mean, independently, before we knew each other, we definitely each wanted to live in the country. But at first, I was like, oh, just give me an acre and a puddle, you know? <laughs> and I would read all those homesteading books about, like, having root cellars and growing blueberries. And, I, I, you know, it's just like, oh, just get me back to nature. Really to the point where I couldn't even camp anymore. Because I was like, if I, I just, if it takes me one more day of living in the city to, to work so I can get to live there, then great. And so, but when Ron and I got together, it grew. And even though I was frustrated with, like, why don't I live in nature now, I'm glad in hindsight because the longer it took, the more we asked for. Right. And now we're at a place where, you know, we won't, we won't move because it's just so, like, we asked for enough right. that will satisfy us for right. another hundred years. Oh, that's really interesting, yeah. Because sometimes yeah. you don't get what you want and you think, <gasps> and then you think about it some more and you think, actually, I deserve even better. <laughs> yeah, so it just, it kept, rather than being going you know, darn, we just added to the list. Yeah. So, it saved time in the I find <laughs> actually the universe really likes it when you dream big. The bigger you dream, the more the universe responds. And when you try and, so it works for me anyway, when I try and limit myself and say, oh, I'll just do this, it doesn't work. The door's closed. And when I go, well, maybe could I, then it goes, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because it's like you don't need to bargain. They're like, you don't need to bargain. Well, it likes it likes you likes when you push yourself, doesn't it? It likes when you really push yourself and give yourself a challenge and put yourself beyond your limits. Then it's like, yeah, yeah this is good for you. Whereas when you try and think small and think, well, I could just achieve this for now. It's like, don't yeah. waste your energy with that. You know, we want to see you really try harder. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So that's your land. That's only half of the beautifulness of your videos. You must do lots of yoga because you have an amazing figure. I don't. don't I, just, you? I, I, I wish wow. I, I, I you look did. Like I have you. done yoga. I have, but not for like six or seven years. I think what really... Um, so are you broke you know, up then? Do you want to, you broke up that, Since I was 18, I never ate processed food. Oh. Since that moment of like reading Diet Food in America and like never having processed beauty care and processed food in my life, I think that's a lot of it. You know, I mean, I get to swim in the summers now and stuff, and I would love to do yoga, but I'm making everything. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so you don't really have an exercise regime? No. Wow. I, I, I mean, we can walk, and yeah, and I wish I had, because I, I really miss that part and that connection. And I, I mean, when I was retired, I was doing like 10 kundalini yoga classes a week and loving it. You said your partner's a yoga teacher. Yeah, and Ron is a phenomenal yoga teacher, and um, but he's, you know, he, he's retired from that as well. But he, he his body is incredible, and he can not do you know, some yoga pose for five years and he can still do and then he'll do it and he can do it. What style so of yoga has, does he do? Uh, he would teach, he started with Ashtanga and even went to India and learned with Patabi Joyce back in the 90s. And, um, but he's, he's softened a lot since then because he, and he's really, he's like kind of how I intuit, you know, plant formulas. He intuits body movement. Uh -huh. Like he can just like, do something, and then somebody's like, oh, yeah, that's like an old Qigong thing from, you know, 5,000 years ago. <laughs> yeah. 
So he's amazing with his body, and his mother's actually a middle, she comes from Morocco, his family's Moroccan, and she's an amazing um, dancer, Middle Eastern and belly dancer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you put it all down to the diet, are you fully raw, or do you, do you eat some? Yeah, well, I, I was, I have been raw for a long, long time, but since, you know, actually it was funny, it was actually Shazi who, who changed some things for me and my study in oral care, where... Um, I was like, we've got to include some ghee, so we include ghee now and some raw dairy, because I was just like, raising leaf, I just felt like we had to bring in those things, and I actually found too, from breast, from giving birth and breastfeeding, I was like, oh, I, for me personally, I was like, I need something else to keep yeah, going, Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it had been 18 years totally vegan, and I've probably done, done about seven years totally raw. So you so still my, you still totally will. No, so now we do. We include the um, raw dairy, the ghee, the grass-fed ghee. Is ghee grass -fed dairy. Ghee is um what is ghee? <laughs> it's uh the butter. It's butter basically. But isn't it raw? Butter. I thought it was raw. Oh, you're right. It is raw. I guess I'm thinking raw plant. No, yeah, it's only raw yeah. dairy. Yeah. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not vegan, but you're still fully raw. Yes. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. And, um, you know, we'll cook wild rice and different things like that. Um, but we definitely, when I was coming off of not being raw, we went into some more like grains, just normal, like quinoa and rice and stuff. But in the past two years, I've also like, we are pretty grain free. Leaf eat some quinoa, but I found that's not really the answer. Because when you're coming off, you're still like, oh, where do I go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, and then, again, through really going into the or oral care stuff and things about grains, I'm just like, yeah, it wasn't, I don't think it's optimal for the health with the phytic acid and the glutens of the grains. It's, it's just not optimal. And I'm always looking for, like, optimal. <laughs> Where do you stand on the fruit thing? Is it, do you have much fruit in your diet? Yeah, you know, we don't, I mean, we keep things pretty low glycemic, so, but not that we even think in those terms, but I'm, I've always been really drawn to berries, that's about, that's as much fruit. We make these pancakes that we eat every day, we wrap them around our chocolate, I'll actually, I'll have to send you some, you'll really like them, and they're just blueberries, tocotrinols, and chia, and we get a ground sprouted chia, which is so cool. We get sprouted chia. There's somebody in Ontario that makes sprouted chia, and then that's ground. And we just blend those together, and then we make them in dehydrator sheets, and we call them blueberry pancakes. Wow. And that's, yeah, it's really good. And then you wrap that around a chocolate and, bar. Uh huh. <laughs> well, like our thinner, thinner slices of chocolate, yeah. <laughs> But Lee definitely eats more fruit. I mean, it's just like, you know, he's, it's so beautiful for him to eat fruit. You know, I mean, I don't know, like he's a kid and he's just like, oh, wow, mangoes, passion fruit. So he eats more. And I, it's funny, I always feel like if I have beautiful fruit, like I want to give it to him. Because it's like, he just gets so much pleasure out of it, you know. But do you think there's an issue with people eating fruit and getting uh, teeth issues? You know, that's, I personally have, oh, I definitely had some fruit moments, like in the early raw. You're like, great, I'm just going to eat like nut butters and fruit. <laughs> you're like, you know, your pancreas gets a little unhappy with you. But, um, I, so I haven't personally gone like fruitarian, so I can't speak to it. But from what I've seen and from the emails I get from people, especially children, 
I just don't I just don't see how it can be done successfully at this point. Um, what I see is because inside the tooth is the dentin, and that dentin is what makes the teeth white and strong, and that's what's feeding. So the teeth draw nutrients up into it if the health is good and correct, and um, that's what makes the teeth white. And so you'll get like transparent teeth, gray teeth, because they're not getting the, the fat-soluble vitamins, which are, and this Shazzy book again is a great reference, it's the K2, the D3, those help to build bones way more than calcium, and that needs to feed the dentin. And so I think that the fruit, high, high, high fruit, it throws off the minerals, and throws off the calcium-phosphorus balance, and prolonged spikes in blood sugar will throw that all off too and prolonged spikes in blood sugar will throw off uh, will create cavities which are like an infection because the tooth isn't getting what it needs so um, so yeah I'm not sure how it could be done like long term which is true anyway. so you if you're growing you have lots you know, of greens yeah. you're like me your greens yeah. and chocolate yeah, green chocolate, totally. Yeah, and we love, yeah, we love green juices, and um, we've been getting into beet juice lately because we had so many grow on our land. So there's a lot of fun, fun, fun things to be had, you know. But definitely, and if you're eating a lot of nuts that aren't soaked and fermented, then there's a lot of phytic acid, and the phytic acid or grains, because a lot of you know, if you're vegetarian, a lot of times you'll have three grain meals a day, and so that's where there's a lot of phytic acid. But our you know, traditionally, so much preparation was done to the nuts and the grains to eat them. So a lot of raw people know about soaking and then fermenting and making those nut cheeses, which is awesome. But if we're just eating nuts without soaking and fermenting, the phytic acid content is high, and phytic acid is an anti-nutrient. So, and, it, and it, in particular, it throws off phosphorus. And phosphorus is key, key, key to the teeth. Wow, I think I could talk to you all day. <laughs> we haven't even covered skincare, which is like the main thing you do, really. It's all good. Just tell us quickly, what is your, if you can, maybe this is not a fair question, what's your favorite skincare, what's your best-selling skincare product? Well, the best-selling is the sea buckthorn best skin ever. We sell like gallons and gallons of that, and that is um. I'm always like, wow, there it goes again. Oh, we gotta make it again. Oh, we gotta make it again <laughs> like that. And that's because like really, I I make all kinds of things, but some generally I'm pretty simple with my skincare. You know, and I'll just be like done in about five seconds. Um, so that sea buckner best skin ever. You can wash your face with it. You can do your whole body. You can take it to your massage therapist, get a massage with it. You can moisturize your face. Men can do all those things with it too. You know, so it's like this beautiful aroma that's neither masculine or feminine. And it literally has changed the way people are washing their face. Because you just you don't wanna you don't wanna strip it with all those things like alcohols or the sodium oil sulfates and all that. You don't want to be scrubbing those beautiful layers of your skin that clean. You need some dead skin cells on there. You need the oils on there. Your skin is your immune system. And you need, you know, it's working for you. So you just take a cloth, you wet it, you put a squirt on, you wash your face, you can splash it, and you're done. And sometimes that's enough moisture, especially what, in the summer. What is it? What's right. in it? The sea buckram best skin ever. So, oh, what's in it? 
um, sea buckthorn berry extract, um, jojoba, virgin coconut oil, lavender palmarosa, grapefruit and vinegar. So it's like an oil. Oh yeah, it's a total oil. Wow. And that's that's our that's the only thing we make for washing your face, and it's like cleared up acne for people. It's good. So that was interesting. You just said to your skin, you take about five minutes with your skincare, but how long? Five five seconds. (laughs) But how long do you take with your tooth care? A longer, if I can. My the steps I I tell people to do. They take about three, four, five minutes, depending how how much you want to get into it, and that's more important, I think, at this stage. You know, hopefully your skin. You can keep it simple. That the skin is like. Um, doing its own stuff to become radiant from the inside and you're just simply taking care of it and it's going to just work on its own. And then your teeth eventually will too, but some of us have to catch up. And the steps that I outline can get you out of situations. Or if you forgot to brush your teeth at night, then in the morning you do that and they're super, super clean. Or, you know, if I do them thoroughly at night, when I wake up, I don't even like think about brushing my teeth because they're actually so clean. That you can't even feel a plaque on them. So that's kind of fun too. See, that's interesting in itself because most people would do it reverse, wouldn't they? I definitely spend much longer on my face than I do on my teeth in the morning. (laughs) Right. That's funny. And you definitely, you only have to brush your teeth twice a day, but just do it thoroughly. And I I found that it's actually, it's better on an empty stomach to brush your teeth. Uh So hence the morning and the night, you know, before... Before you break your fast, well, you can have. We have chocolate first, chocolate and water, because <laughs> we're not out of bed yet. <laughs> so we should definitely talk again, so we can go into more detail about the skin stuff. Where can people find out more about you? You said you have a book, which is called. Oh yeah, so we have um, successful self dentistry: how to avoid the dentist without ignoring your teeth. Is the book, and that's I don't know. Are you selling that book? No, but we should. Yeah, well, we can also set you up with the ebook, so you can sell that. And then um, it's also on Amazon and iTunes and on that. And then there's a printed version. And then on YouTube, we have, I think, a ton of, of really, you know, about 30 videos that go into depth with things. And there's about 10 on teeth care alone. And um, then what's your channel called? Is it Living Libations? The channel name? It's that there is. It's actually Secret Land of Is. It's the one, all one word, <laughs> as we call our land, secret land of is, because it's into like, we're into the isness of like what everything's going on here. And then, uh, you know, we have a successful self-dentistry Facebook page, Living Libations Facebook page and all that. And the website is livinglibations.com. Yeah. And there's a ton of stuff on there as well. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's free audio like some interviews and teleclasses that I did on there. And actually, I have I don't know when this is probably not playing, but on Thursday I have a teleclass on oral care. But we're probably going to be after it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to go really to depth in the, about the bones, the bones. Wow! Oh, I should try and listen. <laughs> there's be a, there'll be a replay too, see so you guys. Okay. Brilliant. Wow, well, just keep on being incredibly magical, amazingly, wonderfully glorious. Thank you. (laughs) And I hope we get to meet one day soon, because I think we'd have an amazing time. (laughs) Right. Well, I think we just missed you in California. 
Oh, really? Yeah, I was like, oh, we just got home. We were there for like a month. Like, uh, oh, what, just now? A few months ago? Yeah, October, basically. Uh, oh, well, maybe next year. Yeah. I've been, people have been inviting me to Canada, so I'll probably make okay. it 2013, yeah. I think. I'll make it over. Perfect. You can come to the land, have a swim. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you so much for your time, and I really recommend, really, in fact, I insist, I don't recommend, I insist everyone goes to your website and your YouTube and checks out your work and gets themselves elevated by your amazing things. Thank you. <laughs> All right, I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.